Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm so happy to be here with you today. Get ready, my friends in the U.S., for a holiday weekend. We are happy to celebrate that with you as well. Hey, make sure you listen to this whole show because we've got some really fun stuff to tell you at the end. And every word that our guest says is brilliant. So we got a great show in store. I hope you'll stick around to the very end. Before we dive into today's conversation, I got to tell you about one of our incredible partners, Athletic Greens. Okay. Since summer fun is getting started for a lot of you technically this weekend, yo, summer, you are here. It is definitely that time of year when some of our healthy rhythms start going to the wayside. While I'm all about enjoying yourself, you know this, and enjoying what you eat on vacation, there is an easy way to maintain a foundation of nutrition. AG1 by Athletic Greens is such a simple way to incorporate the nutrients you need, even when you're out of your routine or travel. It's hard to keep track of all the vitamins and supplements we need to take, right? So when it comes to things that will help us prioritize our health, it is easy as adding one scoop of AG1 powder to cold water instead of keeping up with multiple different products. Every scoop is packed with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients of the highest quality. They give us major benefits like gut and mood support, boosted energy, and even healthier looking skin, hair, and nails. Here's what I love about AG1 too. It is delivered like clockwork every month. So it is super easy to make it a daily habit. You don't have to set a reminder to order it or worry about running out. Plus the single serving travel packs. Listen, I live by these. The single serving travel packs can be thrown into your purse or your carry on or onto the bus when you're out on tour. It is truly the healthiest thing you can do in under a minute. With AG1, being good friends to our bodies each day is really that simple. If you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, AG1 is giving you a free one year supply of vitamin D. Let's go. And five free travel packs with your first purchase. Listen, those first five are going to get you somewhere. You're going to love them. So go to athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun. That's athleticgreens.com slash sounds fun to try it out. Today on the show, I get to talk with my friend, Pastor Kyle Eidelman. Kyle is the senior pastor of Southeast Christian Church, one of the largest churches in America, just north of us here up in Louisville. He and his wife, Desiree, have four children, live on a farm where he does approximately no farming, but he's also a best-selling author of several books. I've loved the ones I have read. And the latest, which we're going to talk about today, when your way isn't working, finding purpose and contentment through deep connection with Jesus. It comes out next week on June 6th. It comes out really soon. If you are stuck or exhausted or feel like you're failing over and over at something, which I think is all of us at some point, this conversation is for you. When our way isn't working, we've been conditioned to Google our way out of it. But today, Kyle talks about what it looks like to actually find contentment in the Lord. And this is so important, y'all. Going into the summer, where things maybe slow down and your rhythms are a little different. And I don't know about you, but I kind of do some like life assessment at this time of year and thinking about like where things go for the rest of the year. And this conversation really helped shift some things for me. And I wonder and hope it will for you as well. So here's my conversation with our friend, Pastor Kyle Eidelman. Kyle Ottoman, welcome to That Sounds Fun. Annie, it's great to be with what you. What a treat. Yeah. Did you just drive down today to do a bunch of things like this? Uh, I came in last night okay. because all the traffic between Nashville and Louisville oh. can be rough. Yes. But uh, but yeah, excited to be here. Okay. Well, I'm very grateful. I want to tell you this. I almost told you this before we start recording, but I want the world to hear it. I've spoken twice at Southeast at women's events. Okay. Or other kinds of things. And when we were talking about you coming in, my COO, Ashley, said they have some of the greatest hospitality we've experienced. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's true. I mean, we remember that stuff. So thank you. I take no credit for it, but they they do a great job yeah. and love that. Yeah. I think you can take a little credit for it because if you didn't care about hospitality, the people who serve with you wouldn't care about hospitality. Okay. I'll take a little. So that's I'll let you I'll take, take some credit. And, and uh, thank as you, thank your you. team listens to this, were they to listen, yeah. they can all hear that we... They're they awesome. Even those of us who tra- and you know this, you travel a ton. Even those of us who travel a ton, we remember. Mm-hmm. We don't forget the experiences we have places. And there's places we go back and places we do not yeah, go back, yeah, right? Yeah. And so thank you for how your church welcomes That's awesome. people. Yeah, absolutely. It's awesome. How long have you been at Southeast? I have been there for right at 20 years. Wow. So I was a church planter in California, and then in 2002, end of 2002, moved to Louisville to be a teaching pastor, and then like four or five years ago, stepped into the senior pastor role. Yeah. What do you know at 20 years of ministry that you didn't know at 10? I know that there's a lot I don't know. Like, the more you do it, the more comfortable you become with, we don't exactly know what we're doing, and there's a different level of joy when you recognize like what Paul talks about 
you know, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Right. Uh, that feels so much more freeing now than 20 years ago where I thought a lot more of it depended on me than it really did. A lot did. more rode on our backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it really does. I, I talk about this uh, moment where I realized that I was uh, – we were moving out of a house and I was pushing a really heavy desk out of uh, an office. And at the time, my four-year-old son came and started helping me push the desk and got frustrated with me because I was in his way. Uh, and, he, you know, he he thought he was pushing the desk. And, and that <laughs> moment for me kind of helped me recognize, ah, I'm doing this sometimes yeah. as a pastor leader where I feel like I'm pushing the desk, but really I don't have much to do with it. And that feels very freeing. Yeah. And when I was younger, I carried too much of that weight. Yeah. You were the four-year-old. Yeah. Too. I was the yeah. four-year-old. Yeah. That's exactly. right. Exactly. Okay. So you're in Louisville. Mm -hmm. We're talking just months after the Asbury outpouring. Yeah. What did you think? Well, I... <laughs> Do you want to talk about this? Is yeah, okay? let's talk about it. No, okay. it was great. I, In fact, we just had the president of Asbury come speak to our staff about some of the things that he learned as far as specifically Gen Z and how the Holy Spirit showed up there yeah. to bring peace and uh, hope. And to, they seemed to steward it so well. They really did. Yeah, yeah they, they found kind of that right tension between letting it be a little bit messy while yeah. still really trying to provide the right kind of support for it. But early on, like the first week of it, I thought, I, I really want to go check it out, but it yeah. was a really busy week. Yeah. And so I went to bed on a Saturday night. I was supposed to preach Sunday morning. I went to bed on a Saturday night and I said, God, if you want me to go check this out, then, you know, wake me up before 3 a.m. and and I'll go. I'll oh just get in the car and go because I wasn't going to have any time to do it. And, and so... I tried to help my side of it by taking a little melatonin yeah. and, and sleeping through the night. But like at 2.40 something, no. I woke up. And so I grabbed my 18-year-old son. We hopped in the car. He hadn't gone to bed yet. So we hopped <laughs> in the car and drove to Asbury. It's about an hour from my house and got there, you know, around 3.30 in the morning. And it was uh, really powerful. I, I, I loved even when I came in there, a few people came and said hi to me. We're pretty connected to the school. Yeah. and But they were letting the students own it, which I thought was beautiful. And yeah. um, and there was repentance and reconciliation, which I, you know, for me as a pastor, mm -hmm. those are the kinds of things you're looking for in those moments. Right. And uh, We're not so, looking for volume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it was the opposite of performance, right? Yeah. Where it was felt very uh, pure that way. And so, yeah, it was it was very encouraging. We had a number of students that were very much impacted by it yeah. too. What do we do now? I mean, now that was such a, in the middle of Christian culture, that was the thing mm -hmm. for a month. And I so honor how they stewarded it, that it was not live streamed. And it was not, it was like, if you can get here, mm -hmm. you can experience it. But this isn't a thing we're making all the, over the internet. And yet it still managed to do that. And then there were these little offshoots everywhere. And a lot of, we had one at Crosspoint where there was a service with a bunch of Gen Z. And I mean, it, they prayed at Crosspoint for hours one night. And, oh, that's awesome. But what now? What do we do when stuff like that happens? Yeah, I think that's a great question. One of the things that we talked about was just trying to, the language we use is catch the wind, right? Like we can't create the wind. We can't make it happen. But when the Holy Spirit moves, we want to receive it. We, yeah. You know, we want to be ready. And so we've tried to together create some opportunities to catch that wind. You know, we've tried to share different stories, but inevitably, like what I think or what other people think it should look like, the next things should look yeah. like. Uh, I think the danger in that is you try to control it and make it fit. And we had a lot of people in church who wanted to do that. Like, okay, we need to do that oh, here. people everywhere. Yeah, we need to do yeah. that here. And like, well, I would love that, but we're not going <laughs> to, you know, the minute you try to um, turn it into a formula and, uh, and program it, you've kind of missed, you know, what was so powerful about yeah. it. And so, you, you know, our heart is just to pray for more of it. You know, God, please, please do more of it might look different, uh, you know. Might might be more start more personally, but please do more of what you're doing there. Do outpourings like that end because something went wrong? I tend to not think that they end. I hey. think I tend to think that you know it's a little bit of the sower seed 
idea that there are seeds that get planted and some of them really grow and go. Yeah. And if you study some of the revivals over the you know last hundred hundred years, specifically at Asbury, over the years you get to see it. You just don't see it in the immediate yeah. months, right. right? Like you start hearing stories of somebody right. who was there and here's how they were impacted. Right. Uh, and and so uh, you know I'm having faith that it's not over. It's yeah. just different. We work a lot with Christian Appalachian Project with okay. CAP. And they do a ton in Kentucky. Mm. So when I think of Kentucky, I think of really low-income areas. I think of Louisville that is has really wealthy patches, right? Mm-hmm. And and then Asbury, yeah. <laughs> right? And so what is God doing in Kentucky? What is Kentucky with the Lord? Yeah, you know, I moved from Los Angeles to Kentucky, right? right. So, so there was Very a little bit similar. Of, yeah, 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 a little bit of cultural whiplash there. You know, people like to say if when the world ends, you want to live in Kentucky because everything happens twenty years later there. <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of that. It's not as true in in Louisville, certainly, but we. What I see in in Kentucky and in Louisville specifically is that you know it's a big enough city, but there's a lot of small towns. Meaning, yeah. like if you talk to somebody in Louisville and you say, you know, where did you go to school? They'll they'll tell you their high school. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That that's how they <laughs> that's how they tend to connect to other people. You know, they've lived there for a long time. Yeah, and and so you know, helping there to be a spiritual renewal, spiritual revival that begins in homes and families and in Kentucky or in Louisville where I'm at specifically, you know, that's what we are praying for, working towards and and what we get to see a lot of. Yeah. I think it is so interesting to pay attention to all of that the longer you're in a place mm-hmm. to go like there is something. There's a reason I'm here and God is doing something here he isn't doing in other places. Yes. It is fascinating. How are you friends? Well, pastor of the pod, Kevin Queen. Mm-hmm. How are y'all friends? Uh, you know, over over the, the years, Kevin and I have just connected in different ways. We have a lot in common. Yeah. Uh, the churches we pastor, our kids are similar ages. Yeah. You know, different challenges that we've uh, we've had. We both became senior pastors at a similar time. We were both teaching pastors yeah. for a long time, and so you know, we just have a lot of uh, overlap, a lot of parallel. Yeah. Are we allowed to say you're coming to Crosspoint? Uh, yeah. Is yeah. Thanks. So. Yes. Well, yeah. I I don't know that he's announced it, but I don't <laughs> well, I don't think I'm it's a secret. I'm thrilled that you're coming so. to preach this summer. Yeah, I'm excited. That's too. awesome. Yeah. Thank you for coming. And doing I can't that. wait. I love Crosspoint. What a gift! It's so fun in the summers when pastors share each other's yes. worlds with each other. I just, it's one of my favorite things. Well, and you know, for us, it's it's so encouraging for me to be able to go and see, oh, wow, look what God's doing here. Yeah. And it's inspiring and also challenging, you know, helps yeah. you be more open to some things he wants to do, yeah. you know, where you're at. Are you going to get some time off as well? Uh, at, yeah, at the end of the summer. Okay, great. Yeah, okay, great. At the end of the summer. <laughs> one of the things you write about in When Your Way Isn't Working is you took a three-month sabbatical. Mm-hmm. Originally supposed to be one month, mm-hmm. and then it ended up being three. How do you not get bored? Well, I've never, Clearly, I've never yeah. done three months, so how yeah. do you not get bored? Well, I, it was purposeful, right? So one of the things that I was encouraged to focus on from other people who'd done this is, hey, take a month to rest, you know, take a month to receive. Yeah. Like, where are some areas you want to grow? How do you want to hear from God? And then take a, a month to like re-enter and 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 dream again. And so, so uh, first month rest, mm-hmm. just do nothing, produce nothing. Y- Produce nothing. Yes. That what you said there is a big deal. Like, yeah. don't focus on output; just focus on input. Yeah. My my life was and can be really out of balance, where I say yes to everything that's output, yeah. and don't have a lot of inputs. Yeah, and uh, and having a month where you're not on stage, you know, you're not behind a microphone, you're not working on a deadline, is really good for your soul. Yeah, and so. Focusing on input for a month yeah. was a big deal. We shut down here for the month of July. Okay. We everybody gets time off. You do it every year? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And I'm gone for the whole month and I get offline and everything. Because I was realizing that if I took a week off mm-hmm. for vacation, it was day five. Exactly. Before I was like, Oh, I'm starting I have two days. Yeah. <laughs> I have yeah. to drive home today from the beach and I go back to work the day after. hundred <laughs> uh, yes. percent. It just wasn't, I wasn't actually resting. And so our team gets a couple of weeks. I get the month. Tell me what happens when you go longer than one month. I know my one month rhythm. We've done it a couple of years. I don't know what happens when you get 
two and three months. Yeah, you know, the the shift in what you're focusing on does help. So if, if that second month is more receiving, yeah, yeah, I would visit some other churches, uh, start reconnecting with some pastors, yeah. thinking through things that I want to do differently, spending time thinking about well, for us, we became grandparents during that month. Yeah, oh, for the wow. first, you know, So I had my first grand grandchild. Uh, so that month was more focused on growth and yeah. you know just praying, God, what are the new things you want to do in me? What are some things that I've been missing? You know, yeah. it, it was a time of maybe another word I might use is realignment, where you're just taking oh, wow. some wow. intentional steps to see where you're out of alignment and yeah. need to realign. Wow. Given the chance to do it again, I, I assume you will do another sabbatical type rest because we've got 50 more years of ministry, hopefully, yeah. right? Would you do three? Would you do six? That's a great question. Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> it's too soon to answer. <laughs> like, like right now. Like Downs, my book is just coming out about this. <laughs> right now I'm like, no, I don't think I would. But, yeah. but I think that's part of the way you know it is helpful is yeah. you come out of it and you're, you're not, I, I don't, I, the idea of taking three months away right now does not seem very appealing at all. Yeah, I, I'm sure there'll be a time for it again. But, but I do, I will say Six weeks would make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I, I think there yeah. are some things that happen after, uh, you know, three or four weeks where you miss things, yeah. you, you know, and you're missed in a way that's yes. probably pretty healthy. Yes. And so, I, and it, and I also the world moves on in a way that's probably pretty healthy. That's for also me. very, that, that's a great, <laughs> to be like, some of y'all didn't know. Yeah. Great. What yeah. a great reminder. Humble thyself before the Lord. <laughs> hundred, yes. That is so, you know, that is so true. Like, cognitively, I knew that reality. Yeah. But, you know, experientially, that's different. When yeah. when you recognize, oh, that really is true. Yeah. Like, God God can use anybody to do anything, anytime, anywhere. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't have to have me. Yes. And um, there's something very freeing about that yeah. and, and humbling as well. I remember after Reckless Love came out, like, the next year, Corey Asbury took a year off. Mm. Like, got off. The, and I was like, what? Right now? You're like top of the pyramid. Yeah. But it was this same thing of like, I need to remind myself that this isn't, that producing isn't everything. Yeah. And that also the world can actually move forward with God Yeah, without me. Well, I, I talk about this in the book, but for me, that's how I knew I needed a break yes. is I was trying to produce and it wasn't happening. Like yeah. it was more work. It was draining. It wore me out. I, I went away to do some writing and I thought, okay, I've got like a week and a half. I'm going to knock a lot out, come out, you know, with a bunch of content. And like after a week, I have like four pages. Yes, and, I remember and, reading and, it. And oh. it felt like, okay, I'm putting a bucket into a well and I keep pulling it up. Yeah. And there's just, there's <laughs> nothing, nothing there's it. nothing there. Yes. And that was a, a significant red flag for me of like, okay, this isn't working. I need to take time to refill. Yeah. And so that, to me, that was a, a pretty significant indicator where it feels so burdensome yeah. instead of like a, a joy. Yeah. So. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, StoryWorth. Hello, Father's Day is right around the corner. How in the world? This year is flying by. Is this what happens when you get older? That is what my grandfather said, but now I am feeling it. But this Father's Day, you can give your dad or really anyone special in your life a gift that is truly unique and meaningful, a gift that will make him feel special and loved, and that is StoryWorth. StoryWorth is an online service that helps you and your loved ones preserve precious memories and stories for years to come. It is a thoughtful and meaningful gift that connects you to those who matter the most. Every week, StoryWorth will email your loved one a thought-provoking question of your choice from their vast pool of options. These are questions you may never have had a chance to ask, like, what's the brave thing you've ever done in your life, or if you could see into the future, what would you want to find out? After a year, StoryWorth compiles your loved one's stories, includes photos, and makes it all into this beautiful keepsake book that you'll be able to share and revisit for generations to come. Listen, I gave it to my dad, Mr. F. Downs, and my mom, and I cannot wait to get their final book and to read all of their stories and answers. In fact, this is reminding me that I haven't gotten the email in a couple of weeks that they've filled out their questions, so I'm going to remind them to go do 
their story worth question for this week. Here's what's cool too. The book itself is amazing for any member of the family to go back and read, but the journey of writing it is also a gift and a chance for my mom and dad or your dad or anyone to get to think back through meaningful stories and memories and document them for our family. It's just so special. So give all the dads or special people in your life a unique and meaningful gift you'll all cherish for years. Give them story worth. Right now for a limited time, you'll save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com slash that sounds fun. That's S-T-O-R-Y-W-O-R-T-H dot com slash that sounds fun to save $10 on your first purchase. Storyworth.com slash that sounds fun. And I have one more amazing sponsor to tell you about. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. May is crazy town for me. Is that the same true for y'all too? I mean, I, I cannot catch my breath this month. And June doesn't slow down that much either thanks to going on tour and seeing so many of you on the Here For You tour. But if I'm not careful and don't plan time to rest and process everything going on in me and around me, I can quickly find myself in a bit of a mental spot that I don't want to be in. This is why I love counseling, you guys. It can give you the tools to find more stability in the chaos so you can keep showing up for yourself and for others. And BetterHelp is an incredibly easy option. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and to fit in your schedule. When your schedule is busy, you don't have to worry about not having the time to drive across town for an appointment because your session can be done right from home. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. We love a quiz to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So you're sure to be working with someone who is a good match for you. I've benefited so much from counseling. Here's the real truth. You have all benefited so much for my counseling. And it really matters to me that you know about accessible counseling resources like BetterHelp to help you navigate your emotional, spiritual, and mental health too. It's one of those things to make a priority even in the midst of the craziness because it will help you navigate it all. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash that sounds fun today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Kyle. The first sentence that I read that made me like have a moment where I had to stop was already on page 25. So it did not take you very long to ruin my life. But you said, when we've put in the work, we have certain expectations of what will be produced. Mm -hmm. That is not the gospel, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that is true of me. I mean, my biggest frustrations and disappointments are when I think I've done my part and we do not get the results that we want. Mm -hmm. When you're talking to other pastors, when you're talking to men that are leading, when you're talking to women that are leading, when you're talking to men or women who are stay-at-home parents, is that a big red flag? Is that one of the moments that we need to really pay attention to? Yeah, for me, that surfaces in frustration. So where I just feel frustrated uh, because I'm over here. It's not that I'm not putting in the work. It's not that I'm not being disciplined with my effort, but I'm not getting the results that I expected. Yes. You know, I I know other people that when they're in that position, they get more discouraged. Yeah. You know, a little bit more sad. I just get mad. Yeah, I just get frustrated. Do you? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I just get mad. What do you like the Enneagram? Uh, a little bit. I don't, I mean, it's not, I'm not against the Enneagram. Sure, sure, sure. Do you have a number which you believe is closely associated to you? I am told that eight closely uh, oh, is connected okay, to me. Okay, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I am also more of a, I'm an Enneagram seven with a strong eight wing and aggressive is how we okay, handle yes. things. Okay. And so anger and frustration are, Emotions I'm very familiar with, though, because I'm female, Christian, grew uh-huh. up in the South, I didn't know anger was what I was feeling. Yes. So, but yeah. now I do. Yeah. Now I know. I've no. learned. Well, I, I th- felt like that there was a something healthy about, you know, being being frustrated. And yeah, I didn't yeah, I don't like yeah. to use the I didn't like to use the word anger, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to say frustrated yeah, because yeah, that yeah. felt a little bit more spiritual. More spiritual, than right? Being angry. Right. But uh but yeah, for sure. You did a really cool job in the book of defining the stages of anger when you're talking about frustration. I thought this was really cool because you talked about mild irritation, provoked frustration, personal indignation and uncontrolled rage. Mm-hmm. Why do we need to know those four? Why does that matter when we're thinking about our spiritual lives or our family life or whatever? Yeah, well, you know, in Ephesians, 
Paul talks about anger being a foothold, right? Like yeah. it begins here. And like in Hebrews talks about the root of bitterness, that it starts here and then it grows. And by the time it reaches a certain place, you know, that indignation mm-hmm. rage stage, mm-hmm. uh, it becomes really hard to to rein it in, you yeah. know, and, and it does a lot of damage, it does damage not just to your own soul, but to the to the people around you. Yeah. And so being able to to recognize it and get some perspective. Uh, I think early on it helps a lot, but you know, I need help with that. Like I don't see it very well in myself. I need, you know, I need my wife to say, Hey, you've not been yourself lately. Mm-hmm. Or, or I talk about this in the book. I had a friend, <laughs> I had a friend of mine who's, who just very gently said to me, Hey, I, I have a friend who is an executive coach that you need to, I think oh, you should yeah, go I see. Love this. <laughs> and I, and when he said it, I'm like, well, that, yeah, you know, an executive coach, maybe that's a good idea, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I make an appointment with this guy that he recommended. And I get 10 minutes into this conversation and I'm like, you are in my mind, like, you're a therapist. He's a therapist. You, you call yourself an executive coach. So somebody I love like you me. You strike through it in the book, therapist, <laughs> and you strike through executive coach and crack me up. Yeah. And, and so I got a little tricked into that, but I needed someone to say to me, hey, you're not quite being yourself. And you're you're not realizing how you're coming off. Yes. One of the ways I saw this with my staff was it wasn't anything I said or did. It was an expression. You know, I talk about oh, in the wow. book my my resting pastor face yes. needed some work, and yes. I I didn't. I was totally unaware of yeah. it because in my mind I'm like, well, I you know I'm I'm being kind. My I'm not yeah. I've not said anything. I've not raised my voice. I'm not slamming doors. Yes. You know, I'm not doing any of those things. But my you know that uh, the irritation yeah. was they they just felt it when they were in the room with me. In September, my manager sat me down and she said, "I don't think we're experiencing you the way you think we are." Ah. And I was like, what? You know, yeah. like, I because there, we all have blind it's, spots. I hate it. Yeah. But we all have blind spots. And I, there was a lot of grief in my life and family stuff. I, I was just grieving. So I thought, well, at least I'm showing up every day. Yeah. I'm showing. And then I can go home and be as sad as I need to be or deal with the other stuff. But yes. at least I'm showing oh, up at work. And they I'm were like, right with you, you are not experiencing. Yeah. <laughs> Say, <laughs> we are tell not me again how she you. said it. We are not experiencing you the way you think oh, we are. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, man. I, which was yeah. very kind way to phrase it because yes. what she said is we know you think you're doing your best. Yes. That's not what we're experiencing. Yeah. It recognizes that you're not doing this on purpose. Yes. It's not intentional. Yes. But And it was so what can we do? Yeah. And what do you need? And I was like, uh repentance for starters. I guess I need to repent. And <laughs> yeah. so I mean one of the big questions I had when I was reading the book, again the title, When Your Way Isn't Working, Finding Purpose and Contentment Through Deep Connection with Jesus. How do we know when our way isn't working and we're meant to abandon our way? Mm. Or how do we know when we're meant to persevere? And like today isn't working, but this is just part of the journey. I think very often we are more inclined to quit on a yeah. hard journey than to persevere through it. How do we know the difference? You know, one of the hard things I learned about myself in this is that when things get really hard, I work harder. Like I double down on my own effort and determination instead of saying I need help, instead of expressing dependence on God in the way that I should, what feels like the more spiritual approach to me was, at least it did, and it's still something that I struggle with. But what feels like the spiritual approach is my way isn't working. I need to double down on my effort here. Uh. And what what John 15 does so well for us yes. is, is Jesus says, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you'll bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can't do anything. Yeah. And he, he puts the emphasis on connection. If you remain, and that, that word remain is used like 11 times or abide. It's used like 11 times in, in that handful of verses. And he is reminding them, yes, there's you've got this huge mission in front of you. And there are going to be frustrations and discouragements and you're going to suffer it's just stay connected. The most yeah. important thing you can do is stay connected. What happens for me is when my way is not working, that's the first thing to go. Right. I because I think I need to produce more. I need to fix it. I I need to you know rescue it. I I need to you know come up with some sort of a task list to get myself out of it. Yeah. And and so 
abiding or remaining feels so passive. Like it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything. And it's a little ethereal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, you can't measure it. Right. I, 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 I can't I, prove it. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. You can't point to it and say, "Look what I did." I talk about in the book an example of this for me in my as a husband. If I come home from work and I know I need to mow the grass and I could go for a walk with my wife, I'll almost always lean towards mowing the grass. Not because I like it more. I'd much rather go for a walk with my wife, but because when I'm done with it, I'm like. Look, I got the grass mode. I mm. did something yeah. that you can measure and point to. Yeah. And that production measurement is super appealing. You know, look what I did. Look what I got right. finished. But the connection is, at least in a cumulative way, is what really makes the difference. Yes. And and I think spiritually, you know, that's especially true. But it's because you can't measure it, it's easy to underestimate. Yeah, it just feels like when I need to charge my phone, I can actually look and see if it's charging. Yes. Because the power source, it's plugged in, and it's plugged into my phone. So all the pieces are working. And then when my life is frustrating or when I feel exhausted or anxiety, I can't actually look at the plug that goes from me to the wall and then, or, you know, from me plugged into the yes, right cord yep. and the cords plugged into the wall. So yeah, it's really a good what picture. are some ways that we can say, no, here's how you know you are plugged in, even though you can't see it like you can with your phone. Yeah, that's a very helpful picture. You know, I I think our tendency, my tendency at least is, if my way is not working and you could fill in way with all kinds of things, you know, my work, my whatever, yeah. my diet, my finances, yeah. my marriage, my parenting, you schedule, know, your schedule, church yes. attendance, yeah, all yeah. of it. Yeah. When when it's not working, I want to pick up something that will will give me action items. Yeah. You, you know, even if I'm reading it, trying to address a problem in my life, I'm that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like what are the four things I need to do differently? And and so under you know underlining the reality that connection is what's most important like mm-hmm. okay my tendency is always going to be towards action and here are here are the things i'm going to do to produce mm-hmm. i have got to recognize that 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 is in me and if i don't prioritize connection it is not going to happen so one of the things i you know it sounds very simple but i think it's significant is giving god your mornings if you can Listen. if you can do that first thing if you can give god the first 20 minutes of your day yes that connection has a way of setting the tone for the rest of the day yes. and and when i miss it mm-hmm. i know Everybody knows. Yeah. yeah, but it's hard. Like yeah. because you wake up and the first you know what you need to get done. Yeah, and you want to get started on it. And you slept late. Yeah. John yeah. Eldridge always says you're deciding after dinner if you're reading your Bible the next morning. Oh, uh, that's good. And yeah. so I, when I sat up last night scrolling on my stupid phone, right till eleven, I was like, well, guess what this means? I bet yeah. it means you don't work out tomorrow. Yeah. I know that's not the decision you wanted to make, but I bet this that's means that's really good. You're either not going to read your Bible, or you're not going to work. Something tomorrow morning is going to suffer because of what you're deciding right yeah. now. Yeah, that's really helpful. One of the things I, I touched on in the book is the recognition that in I don't know the last five or six years, the more external input I was getting, yes. the less internal reflecting I was doing. And and I started to recognize, oh, there is this direct correlation between the amount of time I'm spending watching shorts on YouTube yes. compared to how connected I am to Jesus. And I, I can't tell I you how much I, I didn't it, want Kyle. to admit it. Don't, don't do know. that to all oh, of us. I, Everyone yeah. listening, it just loved you and not for that. <laughs> Well, it's brutal. You know, I feel so defensive of it in the moment. And then, you know, when you can, when you look at it and you see, oh, that really is real. Yeah. And so part of connecting is disconnecting. You know, part of connecting well with Jesus and others is intentionally disconnecting from some other things. Yeah. If you knew how many times I have literally thrown my phone (laughs) out of the room where I read and not out of like, look at me being disciplined of like, Annie, you just wasted 20 of your minutes. Oh, yeah. Get this phone out of here. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. To me, that is, that's such a good example, Kyle, for you to give us of a way to acknowledge, are we plugged in? Mm-hmm. Are we connected? And is this true for you? Every day doesn't feel good, but about every now and again, I'll have a morning where I'm like, that revelation 
was worth the six days that I sat here and mm-hmm. just read and listened to Lectio 365 and prayed and then got up. Yes. Not unlike any relationship, the fruit of connecting is not always apparent. But then when something is wow. very difficult or something is very confusing or hard, all of the work you did connecting shows up pays in those moments. Yeah, it pays yeah. off. But you can't but you can't fake it. Yeah. Like if you haven't done it, you don't get to it's like you don't get to go into the gym for this one massive workout to make yeah. up for all the other workouts you didn't do. Yeah. You know, it's gotta it's got to be cumulative. And yeah. I think that's right in and connecting. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation one more time to share about another amazing partner, EarthBreeze. Oh, listen, I cannot wait to tell you about EarthBreeze because it is changing my laundry life. Did you know that 91% of those awkward and heavy laundry detergent jugs end up in landfills and oceans, y'all? There has to be a better way. And it's not like you can just stop doing laundry. I wish. This is where EarthBreeze comes in. I am all about finding ways to be friendlier to the earth. And if I can do that while doing my laundry... Win, 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 win. Okay, y'all, my new EarthBreeze laundry detergent eco sheets, they look like dryer sheets, but they are not. It is the coolest thing. It's liquidless laundry detergent. It dissolves 100% in any wash cycle, hot or cold. I do everything in cold and it is never, I'm always afraid there's like gonna be like a glumpy mess and there is no glumpy mess. They totally dissolve and there's no measuring, no accidental spills, which as you can imagine, I've done often. And nope, heavy plastic jugs, just toss the sheet in and you are good to go. Plus, you're not giving up any quality either. Earth Breeze gives you a powerful clean every time. I love the way it smells. It's great for all laundry lifestyles, even sensitive skin. And their eco sheets are hypoallergenic and dermatologist tested. Earth Breeze is compatible with high efficiency washers, gray water systems, and is septic safe. They offer flexible subscriptions that can be adjusted, paused, or canceled by you at any time. No contracts or fees. And you know what? As travel picks up for all of us over the summer, it is way easier to pack Earth Breeze than a giant jug of detergent if you want to do some laundry on vacation or, for me, on tour. Better for the planet, better for your suitcase, better for your clothes. Give Earth Breeze a try with their risk-free 100% satisfaction guarantee. Listen, if you don't like it, Earth Breeze will give you a full refund. No questions asked and no returns necessary. It is worth a shot, you guys. I really like it. I think it's been awesome. So switch from the old-fashioned goo to something new. Right now, my friends can subscribe to Earth Breeze and save 40%, you guys, for zero. Get out of here. So go to earthbreeze.com slash that sounds fun to get started. That is earthbreeze.com slash that sounds fun for 40% off. Earthbreeze.com slash that sounds fun. And one last amazing partner to share with you, Shopify. Listen, y'all know that sound. That is right. It means another one of you is out shopping our online store at shopanniefdowns.com and it is powered by Shopify. I hope you're grabbing a copy of Chase the Fun. It's on sale at shopanniefdowns.com and go through it with us starting on May 30th. No matter what you're selling, Shopify simplifies doing it online and in person so you can just focus on successfully growing your business. So what small business have you been dreaming about starting? Maybe you make candles or soaps or baked goods or jewelry jewelry, whatever idea you have, don't let the technical logistics keep you from getting started. Shopify is the commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. They have what you need to help get your products in the hands of the right people. And what I love about them is no matter how big you want to grow, they can empower you with the confidence and control to take your business to the next level. From their in-person point of sale system, which you guys experience at every merch table at every speaking event and on tour that I am at, to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, which is what you experience at shopanniefdowns.com. Shopify covers every sales channel. It even lets you sell across social media marketplaces like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram. They give you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills. Plus, thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is there to support your success every step of the way. Now it is your turn to get serious about that passion project that you want to get out in the world and try Shopify today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period. That's brilliant. At shopify.com slash sounds fun. All lowercase. Let's go to shopify.com slash sounds fun to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sounds fun. And remember, if you didn't catch that link or any of the links about our sponsors, you can always find all that information to the links in the show notes below or in tomorrow's AFD week in review email, which you can get by signing up in the show notes. And now back to finish up our conversation with Pastor Kyle. 
I found this true and not a fan, which I loved, by the way. I remember where my office was. I remember when we got the book and I wanted you on the podcast so bad. And I don't know why it didn't happen. So this feels like like a dream that I've had for years, but I love not a fan. But this is true in this book too. You find these little nuggets in scripture that I have never seen. Mm. And when you're talking about Elijah's fatigue and what happened with Elijah. Will you talk about that? Because I think so many women need to hear what happened to Elijah because mm-hmm. of what happens to us when we are tired. And when yeah. we are, I mean, men too, but you know, I, I'm, women don't always acknowledge that sleep may be helpful. Yes. And what's interesting about that story is I don't talk about this in the book, but the last sermon I preached before I went on my sabbatical was Elijah and a blind spot for him wow. of of fatigue. And then he and said, see you guys at Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't, I, I'm going through his life mm-hmm. and I'm describing my own in some ways wow. and not really recognizing it. Right. But what I love about that story is how tender God is with yes. Elijah when he is exhausted, yes. he's frustrated. He's frustrated with other people. He's yep. frustrated with God. And he's not really holding back from any of that. And God, you know, provides some shade and tells him to sleep. He wakes up and God gives him some food, tells him to go yeah. back to sleep. You're not ready. I mean, yet. I think it's Keep important sleeping. for people here. Elijah was like, I want to end my life. Yes. And yeah. God said, go to sleep, mm-hmm. have something to eat. Yes. Yeah. And he. Had, what's interesting there is, you know, Elijah I was very much in victim mode, right? Like yeah. he's like, this isn't fair. I've done what you've asked me to do. I'm yeah. alone. There's nobody else but me. Yeah. None of that was true. But instead of God saying, bro, none of this is true. You're you're saying this. It's not what's real. Right. God says, rest, and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have <laughs> you know? a snack. Yeah. You're going to be fine. I, yeah, the part yeah. that moved me so much is I've never looked at all the factors of what got him there. So I don't read through those if that's okay. Yeah. You, you did a, a Incredible job parsing this out. I love the whole book. This could have also been its own book. So if you want to write a whole Elijah (laughs) book, I will buy it. But extended isolation. He'd been by himself a ton. Difficult conversations, which I think is really important to say to people that like, if you're having, if you're walking some teenagers through some really hard stuff, that is exhausting. It is. It's really In a unique way. Strained relationships, prolonged uncertainty. Mm -hmm spiritual warfare, and physical exertion. Will you talk about prolonged uncertainty? A lot of our friends listening, everyone does not have everything they want. Wish they were married, wish they had kids, wish they had a different job, wish they lived in a different place. There's so much uncertainty about what's God going to do next. How does that exhaust us? You know, I experienced some of that dynamic during the pandemic. And the way that I experienced this as a pastor leader was I was running sprints without realizing I was in a marathon, meaning yeah. that I was going hard thinking, okay, I can do this for a month. That's right. Okay, I can do this for three months. Uh, you know what? Right. I can't, it's not going to be any more than a year. I can do this for a year. And then you get a couple years into it and, <laughs> you know, your adrenal glands are shot. Yes. You're physically worn out and you weren't pacing yourself at all. And and I would have been fine for three months. I would have yeah. been fine for six months. But after enough of that time, it just, it's like a racking up a bill that's going to have to be paid. And, you know, being able to honestly assess that, like one of my struggles, and I think Elijah was this way too, at least I tell myself to make myself feel better. But one of my struggles is I am positive to a fault until I'm not, you you know, like I, I can see the good in things. I can be optimistic about it. I I can look at myself and say, you're, you're good. You've got this. And I'll be the last one to know that I'm on empty, and right. and and that's a, you know, it can that's a that can be a positive thing, right? Yeah. To look at it and say, okay, well, people love people like you leading, yeah, and unless they unless until they, they don't until they don't, that's, yeah. that's right, unless they run it run out, yeah. and and so recognizing like when you are in a state of prolonged uncertainty, whether that's in a relationship, whether that's finances, you'll do well for a while, but don't assume that just because you did well for three months that you can do it another three months. Yeah. And and for me, what I needed was rest like Elijah. But the other thing I needed, which God gave Elijah, was I needed an Elisha. I needed yes. somebody that was going to help share that burden with me yeah. and would help carry some of that weight. Who is that? 
Well, God provided a, a few people like yeah. that for me. So he he brought in one of my wife's good friends that I was friends with, but became much closer to, you know, throughout this. And then, and then we hired somebody on staff yeah. that became more of a, a, a partner in, yeah. in ministry. And so some of the things I felt like I was alone in, I could say, Hey, can you, can you help me with this? And I could, I could hand that off to him. Yeah. And I really underestimated how much I needed that. Yeah. And that is so encouraging as someone who's not married yet. And a lot of our friends listening aren't married yet. It's so encouraging for you. You write beautifully in the book about your wife, but to say in these other moments, it was not only my spouse right? and my spouse and my kids, it was this friend and it was this coworker. And there are, God does not have one person in your life that's supposed to meet all the roles mm-hmm. of your support system. Oh, and my wife was telling me that. She yeah. was like, hey, you can't be asking me to do all of these things. Like, yeah. you, who else are you talking to about this? Who yeah. else are you? Because I, I would share any of that stuff with yes, her. Of course. And, and and she would encourage me, but she would also say, you you need you need some of that. Yeah. And, yeah. How does comparison factor into all this? How does comparison like encourage discouragement? Yeah, you know, I know it gets talked about a lot, but it just is so true that the social media approach yeah. uh, to, you know, measuring yourself, even if it's subconscious, like I just think it's, it gets talked about a lot, I guess, because it's very real and recognizing that even if you don't mean to do it that way, that becomes discouraging if you're just looking at your life through that lens. If that's if your connections with other people are primarily, you know, online and yeah. through social media. Like I think that those comparisons become discouraging, even though you don't realize that's where it's coming from because yes. you're subconsciously comparing yourself. Like I would never, I would never consciously do this. Like yes. Maybe there's somebody, you know, I've raised three teenage girls. Maybe they would do this when they were teenagers more overtly. I would never look on social media and say, well, look at, you know, look at his whatever, right. like I, I look at his family or look at his church. I would never consciously do that, but I'm still registering, you yeah. know, those things. Yeah. And and so I, I think And deciding mon- what to do with them yes. when you register it. Yeah. 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 And then I get caught up in it. You know, you're doing the same thing. Yeah. And so I think being conscious of that, not underestimating it, yeah, I think that I think it's more significant than we realize. I don't do that very much either. It mm-hmm. just isn't my nature. I mm-hmm. compare about other things, but but about two weeks ago, I spent spiraled over a peer having a massive growth in their following. And I thought, I mean, I was laying in bed being like, my career's over. But I was like, what is going on? So what I had to do is I came in the next morning and I went straight to my manager, Kelly, and I was like, I need to tell you what's going on in my mm. brain. Because I don't have a spouse who I'd process things with mm-hmm. at this point in my life. I have to come in and go like, I have to get this out of my mouth. That's and good. you tell me, Yes, everything is over because this other person has grown their audience. Or no, everything is actually not over and it actually doesn't matter. And we get to celebrate them because of the good work they're doing. That's good. And so having someone else come in as that Elisha moment for me, I mean, I wrote down Instagram numbers because it was happening the days I was reading your book. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, it's, like it's real everywhere. T- real time. This it's doesn't like, happen yeah. to me. I don't do this very often. But, man, it only takes one little thing to all of a sudden spiral into – this it was never about them. It was me feeling like I wasn't succeeding. Did sharing that help help give you perspective? Oh yeah, because then she's like, "What are you doing?" Okay. Yeah, <laughs> All right? yeah, yeah. She's we're very close, so she's very direct. You know, she yes. said, "You're not experiencing you the way we thought you think we are." But she, it was very helpful. I knew it was a version of confession mm-hmm. of saying there is a there is a dark part of my heart that does not want this person to succeed because it feels like it's costing me success, which is Mm -hmm. not true. Mm -hmm. And so it was a bit of confession, which mattered. And there's something powerful about saying that out loud to someone else. Yeah, it just takes it out of the darkness, right? Yeah, it does. What does confession look like for a pastor? Who can you call and confess to? Because you can't do it on a Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can a little, and I think you need to a little. You know, you have to you have to be wise about it. But I have a men's group that I stay pretty connected to that I don't have any, I really don't have any secrets from. I'm yeah. trying to think if that's changed since. But but, You're but like, I, since I, we met a month ago, are yeah, we good? Like yeah. One picture. <laughs> uh, you know, so I have I have a group of men like that that I trust, and then I have pastors, other pastors. Uh, yeah. You mentioned Kevin, people like Kevin. You know, where if I'm struggling with something. Um, yeah. I wouldn't hesitate to reach out to and tell them that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I think at least this generation of pastors compared to what I, I think we're doing that in a way that's healthier, you know, mm-hmm. leaning on each other and yes. kind of being honest with some struggles with each yes. other. I think we've learned a lot about that. And, um, and, and so I have some, I have some guys that are that way for me. That just almost feels like if we're, if we want to jump back to our metaphor, it just almost feels like here's another way, you know, you're plugged in. Yeah. You don't have any secrets. Well, one, <laughs> one of the things I, I learned, I talk about this briefly in the book is, you know, I learned the value of bearing, you know, bearing one another's burdens, yeah. which is a similar to what you did in, in your conversation. Okay, here's a burden I have. I'm, yeah. You can't fix it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to change my numbers or my following overnight. But I, this is just something that I'm carrying. And during my sabbatical, I started this process with a, a pastor friend of mine where we would call one another once a week and we would just tell each other three things. Hey, this is hard for me right now. And we went wow. into it with the agreement that we were not going to try to solve it or fix it. Right. We weren't going to say, well, I've been there and this is what I did to get out right, of this. Right, right. We were just going to say, here are my three hard things. And he was going to say, here are my three hard things. We'd pray for each other and go about our day. Wow. And at first it felt silly. Like if, I'm like, why am I taking time to tell him my three hard things yeah. if he's not going to try to fix it, or yeah. if he can't do anything about it? And then over time, I realized the value and and saying to him, hey, here are three things in my life that aren't working, and him just saying, got it, okay. Yeah. And, and that burden bearing That's beautiful. gave me a lot more strength and help than, than I realized it would. Yeah, I wonder if that's a really generous on-ramp for people listening who aren't in a practice of confessing their sin. What if you started by confessing what was hard? Mm-hmm. And then you grow rapport with that person so that the day you do need to say, and there's these two secret things I haven't told anybody. Yes, yeah. And while I was telling you what else is hard, let me tell you these two other things. And that's yes. such a great on-ramp. Thank you for that. Yeah. That seems really helpful. Okay, what do we not say that you want to make sure we say? Um, you know, I so I would just say that for me— the order of like production and connection is what made all the difference. Yeah. Like I, I would, if my, when my way wasn't working, I kept focusing on production as a way I was going to produce my way out of it. And I also thought production earned my connection that if I produce more, <laughs> right. God was going to somehow connect with me, you know, like, okay, now yeah. you can connect. Yeah. When I started to prioritize connection, the production came. It, it overflowed out of the yeah. connection. And I, I just think that there are a lot of us that that's where we're at. We understand they're both important. Yeah. Connection and production are both important, but we've just mixed up the priority of the two. That has to be true in parenting. Mm-hmm. And that has to be true in romantic relationships with your partner. And that has to be true. I, I experienced that in dating and in friendships is if you're working so hard to get the production yes. part, but not connecting it's the wrong order. It's the wrong order. So if yeah. it works with your kids, it works with God. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, yeah, that's right. Getting that right. Pastor Kyle, you are such a gift. Thank you for making time to do this it today. It was a lot of fun, Annie. Thank I you. I enjoyed it. Okay, so speaking of fun, the last question we always ask. Oh, uh, yes, that's right. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, uh, tell yeah. me what sounds fun to you. I, so I knew this was coming. Okay, good. And I had lunch with uh, a friend of mine, and I was like, what should I say when <laughs> she asks this question? And I, I told him, you know, I told him what I thought my answer would be. He's like, you got to do better than that. That doesn't no, sound— No, we judged okay. your fun. He judged, he judged we don't do my that around fun. Here. We don't do He's that like, around that here. Doesn't sound fun. Well, right now, fun for me is uh, watching a football game with my six-month-old grandson uh, who cannot watch football, uh, who doesn't understand what's happening. But I, I love it. Listen, we have a two and a half-year-old in our family. Okay, and my dad is just the best granddad too. Like that's it. He I wants everything. It. He's like, what sounds funny? Anything with Sam. Just yes. actually anything with 100%. Sam. hundred percent. Um, who's at. your football team? Uh, well, I don't have a team that I especially uh, cheer for. I mean, I watch it every Sunday. That is my yeah. decompression. Okay, so NFL over yeah, in a, college. Okay. Yeah, these days. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. Watching. So just anybody. Yeah, Part of it is because NFL is on a Sunday after church. Yeah, that's and right. And there's nothing like watching people hit each other on Sunday <laughs> afternoon to make you feel better. Do you know the only time I turn TV on during my Sabbath, which is usually on Saturdays because my rhythms look like your rhythms, is soccer. Okay. Just like, yep. I, I, there is something about putting my full attention and like cheering energy into something that has no spiritual significance for me. Yeah. And I have no power to change it. <laughs> yeah. That just feels so relaxing. Yes. So yeah. I get it. On Sundays, just sitting there and letting it happen. Yeah, absolutely. What's your um snack? Do y'all have a football snack? Um, 
No. Not really. No, we, we have this place in town called Mama's Wings, and they are the best, okay. best wings. So uh, I try to pick up some wings when okay. I know my son-in-laws are going to be there, yeah. and we'll, we'll, we'll knock them out. Okay, next time I'm up there. Mama's Wings. Mama's Wings. Yeah, I mean, y'all's hospitality is already extraordinary, <laughs> but you can also say, Annie will eat wings. <laughs> Legit, if we have good. A, well, thank you for writing when your way isn't working and sharing with us today. I think this is such a gift for people. Thank you, Annie. So thanks. Oh, you guys, isn't he the best? I know. I know. I just think he's so smart and so sympathetic. And I just appreciate all the work he's put into this experience and and this book of telling us, like, there is a way that will work when your way isn't working. I'm so grateful. Grab a copy of the book, When Your Way Isn't Working. It will be a great read for your summer mornings. I'm telling you, go follow Kyle Ottoman on social media. Tell him thank you for being on the show. And if you're anywhere close to his church, anytime you're visiting, driving through, or if you live around one of their campuses, make sure you stop in. It is a beautiful place to go to church. Okay. We got a couple of exciting things to tell you. We're saving it till the end. But you guys know you are not ready for what is coming in June. Number one, we leave next week for the Here For You Tour. Oh my gosh, next week. Which is brought to you by our friends at Africa New Life. Next week, y'all, Carlos and I and our whole team are getting on a bus. We're hitting the road to come talk about community, meet you guys. It is going to be the best. It's not too late to grab a ticket for you and a friend. So just head to hereforyoutour.com and come see us. A lot of our VIP are sold out, but there are seats in the rooms for you. So hurry, hurry, grab your ticket. It's not too late, but it's about to be. So get your ticket at hereforyou.com. And number two, we just dropped the trailer yesterday and y'all are excited. So am I. But for the entire month of June here on That Sounds Fun, we are talking about dating. We're going there, you guys. We've invited experts on topics like attachment theory, sex, the five love languages, and the Enneagram, of course. Plus, at the table with me and our expert every week will be some of my real-life friends, both male and female, who are also navigating the dating scene right now. We're going to talk about the apps and red flags and breakups and all the things. You do not want to miss it. So whether you're single, currently dating, or even married, listen, there is something for all of us to learn here. Because for our married friends, these are some really helpful conversations for you to understand what is going on in culture for the 50% of people in your community and in your church that are not married yet. So join us. It is going to be called, are you ready? Summer Lovin'. Yeah, we called it Summer Lovin'. It is a That Sounds Fun podcast series about dating in which we restore hope in dating and bridge y'all to helpful conversations, practical resources, and amazing experts so that you see changes in your dating life. You are going to see changes in your dating life, I promise, starting with you. So I'm really excited about it. Stick around here. Share with your friends. You can go on my Instagram or go on the That Sounds Fun podcast Instagram. And there are graphics for you to share. The way we share hope is by sharing hope. (laughs) So share with us. Please share with us. Invite your friends. Share by sending it in text. Share by posting it on your socials. You have no idea how one share and one invitation might really change someone's life and give them hope they have been longing for. So partner with us in this. It would mean the world. Okay, so we heard what sounds fun to Kyle. Y'all know what sounds fun to me. Summer love it sounds fun to me. Oh, it's going to be so great, you guys. And now we get to hear what sounds fun to one of our friends who's listening, just like you. All right, Renee, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what sounds fun to you. Hi, I'm Renee from Waukesha, Wisconsin. And what sounds fun to me is celebrating my 34th wedding anniversary with my husband in Lake Geneva while our youngest is at church camp this summer. Do you know how much I love Lake Geneva? Do you know I've been there? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, I spoke at the summer camp, the girls' summer camp at Lake Geneva. Yeah, we walk past it sometimes when we walk on the trail. I love that place. Okay, can we talk for just a minute about that part of the world, Michigan, Wisconsin, and how y'all love summer camp lake family things. I mean, that is y'all's thing in the summer, huh? Yes, it is, because, you know, it's not that warm here the rest of the year. (laughs) So that is when you get out. Okay, that is also the first place I ever had cheese curds. They're amazing. They're amazing. It's uh, it's the best. So are y'all in town compared to where the camp is when y'all go and stay? Yeah, because the camp's on the lake. Yep. And and so we're like 10 minutes from the lake. Okay. And they have the trail that goes around the lake, so we always walk part of it. Oh, that's awesome. Good answer. I love Lake Geneva. This is just a Lake Geneva fan podcast at this point. (laughs) 
If y'all need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, in Nashville, but about to get on a bus. All the places you may need me, that is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home. Do something that sounds fun to you, and I will do the same. And today, what sounds fun to me is getting in the car and driving to see my family as we celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day on this long holiday weekend. So y'all have a great weekend. I hope you get to jump in some water, be with some people that you love, eat a hot dog or a hamburger. Is a hot dog a sandwich, you guys? This is the question. And we will have a show for you on Monday. No better show for Memorial Day than our friend Drew Holcomb. Y'all, his new album, a conversation with him. This is what you're going to want to play when you're riding on the boat, when you're commuting back home from wherever you spent part of your Monday, getting a little bit sunburned and getting ready for summer to kick off. So we'll see you back here on Monday on Memorial Day with our friend Drew Holcomb. Y'all have a great weekend.